Hey, I'm Matt Ruby. And I'm Rob Kramer. And welcome to the fourth episode of Hell and Wellness. And I am a comedian and I'm spiritual but not religious. Can I say that? Yes, you can. And I'm a tech entrepreneur and writer. And I've been kind of delving into this health and wellness uh, thing for decades. Used to chase every type of guru you can imagine. Always looking for someone uh, who can enlighten me or at least give me some answers on how to be happy and healthy. And 25 years later, here we are, tells me that uh, anyone who claims to be a guru, almost definitely not a guru. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what this show is really about, about separating sort of the, the BS stuff in the wellness world from the things that actually work. Uh, and we, we dive into that in previous episodes. We've looked at stuff like juice cleanses or that Netflix series Unwell or uh, sit-stand desks, all different kinds of stuff. And today we're doing something a little bit different where we're taking a deep dive into just one topic, which I'm excited about because I think it really gets at this idea of sort of like uh, some of the amazing stuff that's happening in the wellness space and some of the more nefarious stuff that's going on. I love it. We're kind of like uh, the Siskel and Ebert for uh, health and wellness. So you want to get to the uh, segment? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk all about conspirituality, about how conspiracy theories and the spiritual and wellness realms are starting to intersect. Let's get into it. Rob, you need to wake up. You need to fight back against the mainstream media. You need to do your research, all right? Because I, I think you've been brainwashed. You're sheeple. And don't you care about the children? Like, what about the kids? You need to get ready for the Great Awakening, all right? Now, my question is, when I talk like that, who do I sound like? Do I sound like some QAnon, like sort of right-wing, you know, conspiracy theorist? Or do I sound like some liberal, woke wellness warrior who's a yoga instructor in Berkeley? You sound a little QAnon to me. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is that it's spreading. The QAnon has seen that there's an opening in shelf space and wellness. And conspiracy theories are starting to run rampant in the wellness industry. And it even has a name. It's called conspirituality. Whoa, that's a fancy word. Can you right. break well, down that compound word for me? Well, I think you get it. But like conspiracy theories plus spirituality and sort of like Benefer, portmanteau, I believe is what they're referred to. But yeah, they, they, it's, it's sort of been in the news a lot, especially there's something called pastel QAnon which describes the phenomenon of lifestyle and wellness influencers adopting QAnon narratives, but using, you know, kind of the wellness, like the soft, pleasing aesthetic and the pastel tones and the pretty fonts. And, and you know, you have these audiences that are ripe for, you know, kind of perceiving these messages. And, you know, there's one uh, yoga instructor who estimates a quarter of the people she follows from the yoga community are posting conspiracies. Um, and she even got, you know, ostracized for saying that people should wear masks. This anti-vaccine thing has been rampant in the wellness community for a long time, too. It's not just, you know, right wingers. It's also like Berkeley liberal, you know, sort of, uh, you know, uh, anti big pharma people. And it's spread there a lot. I've seen a lot of, uh, especially when COVID first started spreading, the dangers of 5G. 5G was responsible. I saw this from a lot of, you know, the pro-Earth people and, you know, eco-warriors and things like that. Um, and yeah, and the, the vaccine and then this idea that Bill Gates is going to microchip all of us with this vaccine program. 
which that one kind of blows me away because it's like, oh, do you think they're going to put a microchip in the vaccines that will track you everywhere you go? Yeah. Where did you type that in your device that you carry around with you that tracks you everywhere you go? Because like they don't need to microchip us. They already know everything about us. We give it to them for free. We got the Alexas. We got the cell phones. They we got easy pass. They know where we are. They know what we're doing. They don't need <laughs> they don't need to inject us with anything to figure out figure out what we've been up to. So I, I guess that one's just humorous to me. But I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, on the flip side of it, though, I think big pharma is poisoning us. You know, am, am I a conspiracy theorist? Like, it's not a conspiracy theory when I believe it. Then it's just the truth. And people should know that, like, no, the pharmaceutical companies, you know, pay advertising agencies to market disorders and to invent them. And then we all wind up believing them. And we go to our doctors and we ask our doctor for blank to cure something that isn't actually a disorder. It's actually a problem in our whole society. And they pay off the med schools and they pay off the doctors. And the whole thing is like sort of set up to lead us to these unhealthy outcomes that are just profitable for pharmaceutical companies. And I legitimately believe that. Am I a wacko now? You sound a little conspiratorial or conspiracy spirituality oriole. I can't even pronounce the word, but you sound one like one of those. Well, I'll tell you, I'm a follow the money conspiratorial person, which I don't think that's much of a conspiracy. I think if you, it's just predatory capitalism and the way it's, it, it's gonna run is like, how can we make money? And if pharmaceutical companies can make money by like advertising on the news and, you know, paying doctors to go on junkets and, you know, supporting uh, med schools with all their research and, and money that they donate. Also, why does America have, you know, some outrageous percentage of the world's, you know, uh, disorders? You know, there's there's something going on here that's deeper than than the reality. So so I mean, we don't need to get we can save the big pharma conversation for another time. But I do think it's interesting how when it's something that I believe it's not kooky, everyone else is like, come on, can't you guys see it? Just follow the money. But when other people are do are spreading the stuff about 5G or COVID is a hoax or Bill Gates is going to microchip us, then I'm like, well, these guys are off their rocker. What are they thinking? So, you know, I find it fascinating having been part of the yoga and spirituality community for a long time. I find it fascinating that these two communities, the spirituality community and the QAnon conspiracy community, have mashed up and literally found themselves as strange bedfellows. And, um, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot as well. And I'm so glad you, you, you decided you want to talk about this on Hell and Wellness because, like, how do these mashups happen? Like, what are the vectors that are actually intersecting to get us to this point where you actually have to have a term for that? And I was thinking about... Conspiracy theorists, sort of, you know, diehard spiritual, spiritual bypassers, something we've talked about or may talk about in the future. Where do they intersect? Like, what's the thing that brings them together? And one of the things that comes to mind for me is that quite often, and this is going to sound very judgmental and condescending, perhaps, um, but these are people that don't seem particularly happy with their lives, that they need some sort of veil, some cloak, some sort of thing that tells them that everything they know to be true, which they say, oh my God, if this is all that there is in my life, then this is a pretty fucked up life, that there is some other bigger force out there. And some put it in the form of conspiracy theories and QAnon, and some put it in the form of, you know essentially don't want to take responsibility for anything in their lives. What are your thoughts about that? Well, yeah, so I, I've done research on this because I did a joke about how conspiracy theories are just male astrology. You know, it's it's us believing that unseen powers are controlling the universe. Just women think it's because Mercury's in retrograde and men think it's because the elders of Zion are meeting underneath the Denver airport. 
And uh, and I actually did some research into that joke because I'm like, well, why do people believe in astrology so much? And it's about, uh, or at least one of the theories is, uh, it's about the an external versus an internal locus of control. So the more actual control and power that you have over your own life and your own fate, the less likely you are to believe in those things. But the more you're suffering to tie into your theory or in pain or feel like you don't have agency over your own reality, the more likely you are to start looking to the stars or to conspiracy theories or to a cabal of shadowy people that's that's uh, running the world and pulling the strings on everything. So I think you're tapping into something with your theory. You know, the insidious nature of both of these things is that um, if you are the creator or purveyor of conspiracy theories, or to your point, which I really love the idea of male uh, astrology, like that's brilliant. Um, you know, it's like, it reminds me of actually Lily Tomlin years ago had this one woman show and um, uh, her character says, uh, what is reality? It's a collective hunch. That's all it is, right? It's a collective hunch. And I feel like these collective hunches that these conspiracy theorists or, or um, uh, spiritual sort of whatever come up with are their shell games. They're intellectual shell games, and you'll never find the object underneath the cup. Yeah, there is no answer. There's no, no one is ever like, oh, I was wrong. There is never that evidence that, that proves something, you know, one way or the other. That's right. There's never a there there. There's always the chasing, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use, the the monkey, the dragon, the the mouse, the rat. They're always chasing something because there is no answer to your point. Well, there's also something about like, I'm the one who knows. I'm the one who figured it out. The rest of you guys are, you know, you're just sheep following the mainstream media. I've been doing my research, which in very, whenever anyone is like, I've done my research and then they start talking about YouTube videos. I'm like, okay, I, I don't know where this is going. If your research involves a majority of uh, links on YouTube, then it's probably bullshit. Whatever you're researching is is one of my theories in life. But I also think like uh, to, to go back a little bit to what you were saying about like, what what's the thread between the wellness world and the the QAnon you know conspiracy world uh, and and here's a quote from uh, one wellness person that I think kind of taps into it is like I'm totally aware of people's health and people's sensitivities but I always come from that sense of just question does that make sense to you how does that feel in your body trust your gut and we've all heard you know wellness people and nutritionists and and others use that sort of terminology and and also talk about like dreams and intuitions and inspiration and mystical experiences. And I think what you start to see there is that both sides are just tapping into that same sort of mode of thinking of that, you know what, evidence is a little bit overrated. Science is always proving itself wrong. I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to trust what feels right to me and, and kind of going with like, my feelings are what's real as opposed to whatever evidence or, or the mainstream press is trying to tell me is real. And so I want to bring up something which I know you probably want to talk about, which is the um, the documentary, the pseudo documentary, Plandemic. And this is an example of the two worlds of spirituality and spiritual uh, filmmaking um, uh, and conspiracy theories coming together. So Mickey Willis, Mickey Willis is the guy behind the making of Plandemic. And Mickey Willis, for many years, uh, has had here in L.A. uh, this film festival, probably not going on anymore. But in the early days, it was all about presenting very spiritual, holistic, good for you documentary films. Um, 
Mickey Willis, having known him off and on and through good friends and a former business partner who happened to be good friends with him, is somebody who has been chasing fame for a very, very long time. Uh, there was a point prior to plan pa Plandemic where uh, Mickey Willis actually became famous um, for a video that he posted in 2005 to his YouTube channel. Now get this, that it was a video about how he bought his young son a Little Mermaid doll at a toy store. And this moment of open-minded, non-gender conforming parenting earned him more than 4 million views and a laudatory spot on the local news. Cut to Plandemic, a, my view, bullshit, baseless conspiracy theory featuring Dr. Judy Moskowitz, who has all the claims to the inside on the pharmaceutical conspiracies and the Dr. Fauci's and et cetera, et cetera. All this was, was he actually got on a caravan and he had the bullhorn and he made a movie called Plandemic. And a lot of these folks on the spiritual, out of the spiritual community came along for the ride. They jumped on the caravan and jumped on the bandwagon and they met up down the road with the conspiracy theorists and all the QAnon folks. And they all got around this sort of common campfire and they started singing Kumbaya, we've got the answer. And they probably looked at each other and I can't imagine that they wanted to actually go ohm with each other, especially since QAnon people don't even know what the fuck ohming is. But they realized they were in this sort of milieu of, of other human creatures who they never would have actually met in their entire lives, but they shared this really bizarre, crazy idea called COVID is a hoax. And from there, the entire thing got amplified. Well, also, I think you tapped into something there. I bet you that those people are never actually physically in the same room with each other. Ever. You know, they're, they're not actually like meeting and talking and having any sort of face-to-face. -face. I think it shows sort of the, the uh, fluidity of, you know, conspiracy theories and, and QAnon and stuff like that to sort of just take a form and be like, oh, I'll just be the same concepts, but now I'm pastel pink and with a pretty lady who can stretch and look at this fancy font and doesn't this seem appealing to you? And now now it's for the rosé set as opposed to the AR-15 set. And like, it's, it's kind of like an amazing, you know, uh, how it can sort of uh, be a chameleon almost and take the form that it needs to to spread within that community. And these two communities are really just using and abusing each other. They're sycophants, right? They need each other because if I can get what is demonstrably on the spiritual side, a kind of left-leaning sort of thought process and on the right side, a you know, on the, on the QAnon side, a right-leaning thought process, and we can get together and say, look, this is not left, this is not right, this is truth, this is our truth. How can you argue with us? We're not trying to fight. We are people who generally do not like each other. Probably in the moment before pandemic, the people on the on the uh, spiritual side said some really nasty things about the QAnon people and vice versa, those crazy, kooky, spiritual yogi people. And now they're friends and they're co-conspirators. It's kind of weird. Well, the other thing I'll tap into that because I'm a big follow the money guy. And the other thing I'm big into is follow the entertaining. 
Like, what's the most amusing, entertaining option here? It's sort of like the opposite of Occam's razor. It's not what's the simplest explanation. What's the most entertaining explanation? And I kind of think, uh, I think about wrestling and professional wrestling, like amateur wrestling and professional wrestling. And that's sort of science versus conspiracy theories. Amateur wrestling is real. It's true. And it's boring. And we don't care about it. We don't want to watch it. We don't want to watch those guys. No one knows the gold medalist wrestling at the Olympics. Now, professional wrestling is bullshit, but it's super entertaining. It's very exciting. And they can pack an arena with tens of thousands of people to watch WrestleMania, even though it's nonsense because it's entertaining nonsense. And I don't think we actually want science. We want conspiracy theories. We don't want science because it's boring square dudes in lab coats with beakers and trying to explain stuff to us that we don't understand. We want macho man Randy Savage. We want Hulk Hogan. We want The Rock. We don't want some guy who studies rocks. We want The Rock. We want the, the nonsense, the bullshit, and we'll embrace it even if we don't believe it because you know what? It's way more interesting. You know, Mickey Willis's video, the pandemic video, was taken down by YouTube and um, and Facebook uh, primarily because you know it promoted like the idea that wearing masks during COVID would actually make you sick. And one of the things which I find just astonishing that Mickey Willis said was he said we made the video to go viral. We knew the branding. Listen to this. We knew the branding was conspiratorial and shocking. Unfortunately, in this age, you kind of have to be that to get people's attention. But that it would go viral to this degree, I don't think anyone could project. What the fuck? Really? Back to my earlier point. This guy is a fame chaser. He found a new instrument to sort of, you know, uh, chase his fame with. He succeeded, and now he is the martyr, the anti-hero, and now there are some really injurious conspiracy theories out there caked in spiritual icing. First of all, can I say one thing about QAnon, which if you're not familiar, listeners, it's the idea that a cabal of Satan-worshipping pedophiles are running a sex trafficking ring of children around the world. And my favorite thing about that theory is that they need to be worshiping Satan, that these people would be like, oh, there's there's a, a network of child sex traffickers taking over the world. And, and they'd be like, eh, what are you going to do? And it's like, well, no, 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 no. They also worship Satan. It's like, well, we got to do something about that. I didn't know these were Satan worshiping child sex traffickers. That changes everything. It's just sort of like in comedy, it's what we call a hat on a hat. It's like you already got the joke. Now you're putting a joke on a joke in a way that's like so ludicrous that I don't know how anyone can believe it. I read something that tied it back to this idea of uh, people who describe themselves as spiritual but not religious, and which I think applies to a lot of the, the wellness community. And the sort of adjectives that were used alongside it were free thinking, distrust of authority and institutions, a tendency to unusual beliefs or experiences, a tendency to detect hidden patterns and an attraction to alternative paradigms, especially in alternative health. And all those things totally 
describe, you know, the wellness community and a lot of the people who we probably like admire in a lot of ways. And even I would say I have plenty of those characteristics that I just listed, but it also can make people feel great about their kooky conspiracy theories that they believe in. You know, and I think this is something that we explore uh, readily on on the podcast that, um, you know, the wellness world especially is steeped in quackery. We know that. But that doesn't obviate the good aspects of wellness. But unfortunately, it taints. It taints a lot of the things that are out there. Much like, uh, you know, um, the idea that maybe somebody was a a promoter of something like uh, a guy like Dr. Bragg, who promotes uh, apple cider vinegar in his day. Turns out he was a little bit of a quack, but as time went on, the science proved that drinking apple cider vinegar could have some health benefits. It's very hard to separate, as we talk about it, the quack from the hack, the good hack. And, um, but I just, I, I, I find it, um, I, I find it incredibly um, violent and injurious that uh, conspiracy theorists, but even more so spiritual, so-called self-professed spiritual people will grab onto these theories and basically uh, promote them as truth. Well, let's get underneath that, because I think what you're tapping into is people who are, you know, spiritual and into wellness in some ways are vulnerable to this, to this mode of thinking. Um, And there's actually, uh, it's a strong predictor of conspiracy theory is something called, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, schizotypy. S-C-H-I-Z-O-T-Y-P-Y. So like schizo and tippy, schizotippy. I'll go with that. Uh, So what that means is it's a personality trait that makes one prone to unusual beliefs and experiences, such as belief in telepathy, mind control, spirit channeling, hidden personal meanings and events. And so, you know, people, you know, again, that spiritual but not religious sort of description. And those kinds of people are much more uh, highly found to believe in conspiracy theories. Absolutely. You know, it's the same people that, um, you know, will believe in the um, uh, Waco, Texas, Branch Davidians and the, you know, Keith Ranieri's and Nexium and, and all these people that get into these cults. I mean, it's the same predilection towards this kind of behavior. Totally. Well, and then again, I like to like, okay, how am I guilty of this or in what ways? And I think one thing that I read that was interesting was this idea of mystical experiences um, and how, you know, like I've had mushroom trips or ayahuasca journeys where I've I've seen the interconnectedness of the universe and that the universe um, is sort of carrying us forward in this way and it's nurturing and that we're all one and sort of like, I would say the positive version of a lot of this. And then like a lot of times, maybe what the conspiracy theory sort of realm is representing is is the bad trip sort of version, the paranoid version of like everything is connected and there's a secret group of people who's out to get me and it's it's been revealed to me and I see it and I'm not part of it and there's this evil you know sort of demonic order and it's uh, trying to control me and I need to fight back and I, I'm and either way it's sort of like you know this heroic journey that you're on but just one is sort of like the light and positive version and one is the everyone's out to get me version yeah and I was reading um, there was a an abstract on uh, conspirituality and uh, you know it referenced the idea that the new age uh, is female dominated focus, you know, positive focus on self. 
And then the realm of conspiracy theories are male-dominated with its negative focus on global politics. These things seem particularly antithetical, but somehow, um, you know, we've got this rapidly growing uh, web movement, essentially. It's a web movement expressing this, you know, ideology fueled by political disillusionment and the popularity of alternative worldviews. I mean, it's just, it's it's striking that um, anything is possible in the age of social media. And, uh, you know, you can be your own media channel, you can be your own PR firm, and you can be your own influencer on any particular theory you want to actually manufacture. I go back to a lot of stuff of looking at social media and how we all get our information online and uh, how limited our attention spans are and that we don't trust anyone. Like to me, it's kind of crazy right now. I'll I'll sit down and talk with people who, you know, they're friends of mine, but look, they're not scientists and they're all talking as if they're like epidemiologists nowadays. Like everyone's got their theories on stuff. Like, Have you noticed that everyone during COVID has a friend who's an epidemiologist? <laughs> My friend, the epidemiologist. I'm like, you fucking just learned that word, epidemiology. Yeah, or, or it's some guy on Twitter who said this or it's like... Yeah, I, but I think it, I also think people are fatigued. Like this idea, I need to be an expert on epidemiology. I need to be an expert on how elections are conducted and poll watching. I need to be an expert on uh, the qualifications of some justice for. The, I used to be able to trust people. There used to just be the people you know who were running things, and we just kind of we we thought like. Johnny Carson was good at hosting late night. So he's the guy who hosts late night. We thought Walter Cronkite was someone we could trust to give us the news. We we all were kind of meeting in the town square of information. And now we've just gone into our silos of like, I don't know, everyone's just got to figure it out for themselves. And it's just sort of dangerous for us all. Most people can't figure out most things. Like, look at how we eat. Like, look at look at what this nation puts in its body, you know, every day as far as food goes. And now we're just asking them to sort out like this like uh, blitzkrieg of information and phoniness. Uh, like it's uh, on some level, I'm going to go back to, you know, Zuckerberg and, and the tech bros who have set up this whole information system and destroyed journalism and kind of left us to clean up the mess. Yeah. And, you know, going back to this earlier point we were discussing around um, uh, wanting to be heard and wanting to be seen. I think a lot of conspiracy theory people, a lot of people like Mickey Wellis in Plandemic, as I mentioned, they really just are desperate to be heard and seen. And if you follow the path of some of these people who actually break through and are the sort of internet sensations, it tracks straight back to previous incarnations. Keith Raniere and Nexium is exactly like this. And you'll watch this in the movie, the documentary, The Val on HBO. They are have tried different forms, different business models, different modalities, and something hit. It was Nexium for Keith Raniere. It was Plandemic for Mickey Willis. It was, who knows what QAnon was doing prior to QAnon. So Rob, yeah, I think you're right about there's an opportunity that people are seizing here. It, it reminds me a little bit of when Mitt Romney was running for president in 2012. He wasn't really that conservative, but he portrayed himself as being much more conservative. And the phrase he used was, he saw there was shelf space on the right. And it always stuck with me. And I think right now there's shelf space and crazy. I think people are say, seeing like, oh, yeah, these mainstream media outlets, they're not going to you know, spew this bullshit, but people want to hear it. So that means I can get those likes. I can get those views. I can get ahead. And for example, here's a, this is an alternative healing person on Instagram whose name is Ivy Rose. So let's listen to her talk about this. Q is teaching us morals. 
and a vision of world humanism, um, teaching us patriotism and valuing freedom and integrity and unity and honor and transparency. You know, like Q is teaching us or reminding us of the energetic and value-based morals of like the foundation of what we're all going to need as humans going forward. So I'm fascinated by just that tone that she uses, that yoga instructor tone, that this is how we know. And this. And to me, the danger here is how much it makes wellness people sound like they're full of shit. You know, like it's almost like you just plug it into the formula and it comes out with the same gobbledygook, you know, sort of wellness, healthy, you know, facade to it. But like, wow, I mean... I could I could totally see someone who's like, well, maybe all of yoga is bullshit if this yoga person is talking like that or, you know, all alternative healing is bullshit because like, I don't know, listen to how this person's talking. Most definitely. I think this is the slippery slope of how these things unravel. And so I, I kind of think it's important for people within the wellness community to call it out and to say like, hey, this is bullshit. This is we are not part of this. Don't lump us in with these kooks because, you know, you know, wellness people, we are as this podcast shows, it's like, you know, it already we're already in hot water often enough. Well, look, this uh this strange bedfellow mashup of uh these two diametrically opposed communities is fascinating. It's dangerous. And uh, it really uh, starts to color our sense of what is truth. To wrap things up, it's been a pretty negative topic overall. I think if there is a bright side, it's that conspiracy theories, they don't seem to last, you know, satiate people or, or nourish them in a way. They're like, I, like I saw a comparison of them to sort of fad diets and how, you know, we kind of move on from them. And so that's my hope is that maybe this is just a sort of a temporary thing. And uh, it's going to be like a diet that is all the rage for, you know, six months, then a couple years later, we'll be like, wow, that was crazy that we all thought eating nothing but french fries all day was healthy for you. But, you know, live and learn. And my sense is that as we uh, politically shift, Come January 20th, that uh, perhaps we'll have a reprieve uh, from some of the stuff. I hope you're right. Well, at the end of the day, conspirituality is definitely some hell. It is some big ass hell. Thanks for listening to Hell and Wellness. I'm Rob Kramer. And I'm Matt Ruby. You can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can leave voice messages for us at anchor.fm slash Wellness. That's anchor.fm slash Wellness. You can also see all the shows there. And you can email us at hellandwellness at gmail.com. And if you remember, please uh, rate us and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Say something nice. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced by Stereoactive Media.